Recording in progress. I was going to ask you prior to the start, um, when uh, the picture that you have on Zoom, uh, how long ago is that? Do you know what picture it is? You're kind of like got your hand up on the uh, the yoke. Oh, oh, that is seven. Was it a Lululemon um, photo for the? We had a client that um I did those. That was like two thousand uh five. Uh it's funny, I had one for them that was like when I first my first ambassadorship was when I was still crossfitting, so it's like me cleaning off like blocks or something silly. Okay. And then the last one is like me coaching someone. Okay. So it's just funny to see the evolution of like Yeah. Um what my photos for them look like these days mine was uh with the you know basically the wide ass yoga pants you know they had the wide bottoms right still those were cool <laughs> at a time uh overhead squat uh, yeah. 95 pounds well actually 89 pounds in the backyard uh of my uh my acreage up in calgary on grass um with this horrible long the shirts were horrible so tight up top and like long <laughs> but this perception listen i thought i was cool at the time and it went up on the wall at the the fourth yeah. street little lemon location anyways uh that is not my photo for zoom um but uh, i just wanted insight as to yours how how long ago is that it's an oldie yeah now how, how does that uh let's see how does that tie into our topic today of uh are men finished and should we help them? Um, well, I guess some would have thought that, <laughs> that looking at me doing the 89 pound overhead squat in lo- wide Lululemon pants <laughs> may have been the, the sign of the end back in the day. Like, okay, what's happening here? Um, that's possible. That's the only thing to think of for the segue of that. Anyhow, I'll, uh, if you don't mind, I'll preempt. Uh, I listened to the podcast on, it's now called Open to Debate, which is very interesting. Uh, it used to be called Intelligence Squared, um, but now it's called Open to Debate. It's a podcast that I have listened to for a really long period of time. I've really enjoyed. Um, it uh, hits at the heart of what I really like about giving the opportunity to see uh, that's if you listen to 1.0 times speed, not 1.5, which is which is a conversation for another time. But if you listen to it at a good speed, you get to see two sides of a very difficult topic. And um, it's approached a little differently than a lot of other ways that we're going to gain information today on a particular topic. A lot of times, as an example, for most people today, whether we like it or not, you gain ideas on a topic be, uh, by by being inside of a logarithm in the system that gives you information that you want to hear. And that is generally most times one-sided relative to what you like. So if, for example, you know, misogyny is your, is your thing and it's the thing that you stand on, most times you're going to get a lot of information pumped your way of all the supporting factors of that, if that makes sense. You're not going to get a shit ton of balance of 50-50 of people who 
you know, or theoretically propose to the idea or give good arguments to the other side of, of the point I was making on misogyny, let's say, as an example. Um, so that's what Open to Debate does. Now, uh, I listened to the more recent one, and I thought, Melissa, that it'd be a, uh, um, for us, especially because it said uh, men in it, you know, and we talk about the relationships between men and women. Um, and, and I think there is a, there is a little bit of a spot in there as to how we can involve it in the, in the fitness conversation, uh, from the out, 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 right. Uh, did you think that as well when you first, you know, listened or went through it? Yes. It somehow, or what's the immediate thing you thought about for, uh, for connecting it back to fitness for, for connecting it or just your initial thoughts of it as well of the, of the, uh, the debate. I mean, my connection to the fitness aspect is always, you know, we see more women entering into doing exercise or things like that. Um, or actually, my initial thing was was drawing back to if you listen to the podcast of um, looking at researcher data in the moment, and then also having the ability to scope out and see what happens over long periods of time. Right. So specifically, say we're isolating women entering the um, sport world right? What does that look like five to 10 years later versus in an acute moment? Um, which I think is an interesting one for us to talk about even now is like, how does that, you know, if we see a flush of or a rush of women entering sport right now, what does that look like um, in five to 10 years? Yes. Yeah. So what you're saying is um, what you got from it in your initial uh uh, view of it is to look at it, look at it as a long scope analysis as to how men and women play into this, this area of fitness. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I picked up on your initial point there. I want to ruminate on that a little bit with regards to, uh, women coming into fitness. Now, do you, are you saying that in terms of like a long march of women, women, uh, entering into the, let's call it the fitness universe. Cause then you moved it over to sport, which I think it's a, I, guess, I mean, fitness universe in general, Got it. right? Like how did I get to this place where I get to own a gym and do what I do? Okay. How did we get here? Okay. So from what the lens, yeah. So from the lens of the female in so deeper than just participation in fitness. So you meant fe more females on the front line in fitness as educators and health activists, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Because so. I think of that going into occupation again, and we start looking at more women entering the workforce, more mm. women graduating through college. Yes. How is that changing the landscape of different occupations? And is that uh, a decrease yeah. of men mm. or is this just a byproduct of more women going through further education mm. and having a more diverse workplace that we're now seeing that didn't exist 40 years ago? Yeah, yeah, that's a I never thought about that. That's great. Um, because I hadn't proposed and I knew you, this is great why it's good that we're apart. I didn't propose um that as a as a lens to look at with regards to an acute audience or or a, let's call it a controlled audience of fitness coaches and examining that from the idea of percentages of males and females, which I actually don't have a good amount of data on, but because it's very it's like, who's a fitness coach, you know, um, or who regulates it, et cetera, because fitness influencers are fitness coaches today, whether we like it or not. Right. So, 
yeah, I, I like that lens. Um, so let's take some steps right away then uh, before maybe just going back to the the overall piece of it. Again, I'll front end it by saying this podcast called Are Men Finished? And Should We Help Them? was information proposed of this back and forth between two different ideas of taking on that monster you know, responsibility of a question. But I think they did a fairly good job. I mean, there could have been like, you know, other teammates on both sides that could have like added to like specifics of each of the argument. But um, that's the that's the that's the strength in that particular podcast is you got to you got to stretch your mind a little bit further beyond that. So let's just take that as the premise of it. Now, going into fitness coaching, um, I probably need a you know, I probably need some data to kind of look around and say, what is the, yeah, I would say that, you know, I'm trying to not be biased here in terms of like what I see, you like what I saw in front of me or on a screen in 2012 versus what I would see in front of me on a screen in 2023. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If I was coaching coaches of fitness and I would agree with you that there would be far more females in percentage on that call than what there was even 11 years ago for that. So, and, and, um, and maybe that's a starting point for, you know, if we're trying to tie in the topic of today, are men finished? We, you and I could say, let's just play with the idea. Are men finished as fitness coaches and should we help them? And so and I know that's a little tiny, you know, bucket of ideas inside of the big, arduous one but what's your thoughts on that then if you were to propose it as that question are men finished in the fitness profession coaching role and should we help them <laughs> i say it out loud it's like oh man i don't know <laughs> figure it out for yourself but maybe you got some ideas uh i'd still say it's, it's still rather a male dominant um field and world when it comes to fitness coaching um but yeah, you would say, would you say the wording domination is based upon percentages Percentage that end up being coaches? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I can just go that based off every seminar I go to, every webinar I'm on. Um, you know, I'd say it would typically be myself and one other female. Now there's maybe three or four of us, but mm -hmm. the landscape of the room is still predominantly men. So, um, so would you say then that um, if we were to uh, break it apart, um, like uh, Charles Murray has done and multiple other sociologist researchers have done, um, and and this is does tie into what I was going to talk about or a little bit on men and employment and men and vocation because that's what was brought up inside of there, and let's just still use the fitness coach concept, um. Is it possible that it's only been 11 years that I saw that percentage difference change that we maybe have forgot to ask the question or recognize inside of fitness, you know, it used to be, in my opinion, and this may not be, you know, I'm looking for your feedback on that or your perspective on it. It used to used to largely be about uh, things. Fitness used to be a lot about things, performance, numbers color-coded uh, uh, weights, uh, percentages of increase. Do you know what I'm saying? Not once, and I will go on that list. That list could be 25 words long. 
And I think it'll be number 26 before I reach a word like empathy or compassion or relationships. Do you see what I'm saying? And now, now I think that um, we're starting to recognize with the onslaught of technology and this loss of quote unquote connection between humans. I think the focus on things is dying off just like men will do then inside of that. Why? Because the other side of the, as I said, the uncomfortable extraction difference between males and females would be people. And if it's not things that we're focusing on, we're focusing on people. And in my opinion, I think that if you were to stretch it out across the board and 10,000 people equally divide amongst male and female, I would say that there's going to be a very much higher percentage of females that will end up working better with people than men will. Um, just based upon that, you know, let's call it innate. So any thoughts on that with regards to where we may have ended up in that position today from that uh, perspective? Yes, because I would say what are what were people reaching for fitness for 20 years ago versus what they're reaching for <clears throat> reaching out for it for today yeah. is completely different, you know, um, performance, it was the performance, know? right. So yeah. it's again, if, if we see a decline in certain occupations or more laborious jobs or the requirement for those as technology advances, the need to be fit for, um, performance in what you do or for your life is no longer the same. So, you know, again, we always talk about like stressing systems. It's like, well, if a person doesn't need to do that anymore, if someone's not, you know, going out and being in a lumber yard or doing something physical, the need to actually like maintain that performance is no longer there. Yeah. So what they're going to fitness for is a completely different thing. Yeah. And it's a separate conversation, I would think. I don't know if you agree of as to why why that performance thing was like crunched inside. I think I have an original idea. As I said, it's the history of uh, academia, academia's growth and like science's growth and the physio physiology of science growth in the 70s that led to this, let's make a professional out of this science, i.e., as I said, the personal trainer just gets spawned, right, out of California in the 80s, let's say, and then it just like propagates and then the story keeps going, right? But But a lot of that is at that point in time, you know, I think you know, to, to make it reduced again for our conversation, men looked at that and said, wow, uh, numbers, things, performance, you know, all the quote unquote stereotypical male uh, excitement and intentions, right? Like things like mission and uh, competition, you know, you know, if you go back in the nineties, that, that, this was all what was placed inside of the deepest intentions inside of fitness, right? Um, and I, yeah, I don't know if you uh, would agree with that as the starting point for that as to where the performance thing came from. Um, and then could you keep going with that? If you do agree with that, do you keep going with it? Maybe you can have some input as to what you think was the, was the, maybe the toppling, not the toppling, but maybe the, like, we got to look at this a different way from the early aughts. Cause I know that's when you were entering into the system and maybe you could look at it uh, from that perspective, like, what do you think were some of the things that led to the transformation of it being performance, you know, where we ended up with those percentage differences of males and females for coaching over time? 
I mean, I still say so the toppling of performance and things like that. It was like, we always talk about what's the difference between like sport and health or like the people that come into our doors. It's like, again, the reality of what people's lives look like when they leave. So performance for a man that works a full desk job all day, right? Like it's like, could their life support it? And I think we just saw a lot of people break down Hmm. because they were doing things that their lifestyle didn't support. Yeah. You know, I think about like why performance stopped working for people. It's like, it just wasn't realistic to what a traditional person's life looks like today. Mm. So you think it's more of a, like a, like the, it just like, it, it stressed itself out and they were, and, and the, the performance, you know, paradigm kind of, you know, just spit out exactly what was going to be revealed as truths anyways. Is that what you're saying? As opposed to like this, this, uh, I guess an intention on the on the other side of a focus on people, right? Uh, communication, uh, connection, you know, especially online, right? I think of the, uh, I think, yeah, I, I like your point. I think uh, uh, that combined with the early aughts and the growth of your neck of the woods of silicon and creating a whole new world of like communication and information sharing and et cetera. Um, I think that probably led to uh, combined effort. So on your point, you know, the system just got stressed. Everyone figured out, okay, this is not going to work, right? With this whole performance idea and combine that with, you know, a, a uh, maybe a more of an increase, you know, just kind of floats out. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the fitness universe, it kind of were, worked itself out the exact same way anyways, because performance and and let's call it, you know, the focus on things became just like, listen, <laughs> we need something more to that. And then what do you have on the other side as the antidote to just working on things? People, right? Relations, right? Like that, that's, you, mean, you and I have discussed this in OPEX for years, right? Well, like think, the importance of relationships. I mean, I want to knock, I want to go to like, I think a, a pivotal point in changing that is think about when we first had the development of Globo Gyms right? Mm. It's very singular focused. It's like, um, you do that on your own. Typically you'd go out and you'd work or you'd have like a training partner. Yeah. Right. You went to the gym and you had a training buddy that you squatted with or bench with, you had a partner or you went by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was this development of communities, fitness communities. People were looking for connection. So classes. we did classes because it was a community. It was a way to foster relationships instead of just going and doing something for performance or number based. Mm-hmm. People were looking for something more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, like, as you know, from CrossFit, they leaned less and less on competition and more and more on classes. Yep. Right. Exactly. And that was their, you know, my opinion, their downfall is they kept focusing on competition as being the, the hierarchy in terms of intentions and less and less on um, what they called community, but they didn't dig into the individual approach to each person and et cetera. I, I don't, I don't need to see, I can still see your facial uh, stuff. You just look like an angel um, right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel with this topic, I'm talking to an angel anyways. <laughs> it's like, I'm confessing my sins uh, to what, what I was a part of in that, in that performance paradigm movement. Um, but I was just to speak for myself too. I, I think I uh, I welcomed that, though. Um, I kind of, you know, for those who know me and, and you as well, would attest to that, that I really dug in on the, let's call it the 
the people focused aspect of fitness over time, right? Like Sharon and I, and you having these conversations on those kind of stuff, like those are indications of there's something more to fitness than sets and reps and, and things, right? The people aspect is, is, uh, quite big. Um, anyhow, I think we, uh, I'm not sure if you agree or not. I think we, uh, I appreciate, so back to back up. I appreciate that. I didn't, I, I did not expect that as a lens to come at this idea. Um, so I appreciate that. That certainly opened up some new thoughts in my mind of this, like, let's call it the long game of variances in fitness coaches and who shows up as fitness coaches over time. Now let's side, let's sidewind that back to this, to the big thing. What were your takeaways from those two people's perspectives are on, um, just a just a general analysis of are men finished um i know that i know that's that's monstrous but uh, i got some things to say about it but i really I enjoyed their the debate and going back and forth right because i do agree that two um two things can coexist at the same time we can want to provide more opportunity for women without that disacknowledging potentially some of the dangers that are occurring or some of the things that we're seeing that are not great for men right now. Mm-hmm. I think both of those things can be coexisting at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still in the boat that men are not dead right now. I think um, potentially some things where it's been easy to not have a lot of ambition and still be able to have things fall into your lap pretty easy is being challenged. I think for some populations of men that have just had the have just been able to sail through life I go to school I apply to some schools I get in I go to college and then I get a job maybe the ease in which that path happens is a little bit more difficult than it was before but I don't think that means that by any means that we can't see this as a time to maybe we need to reshape things and we wouldn't see exactly where we were a decade ago yeah, I would. I would. Uh, so I love I, I like that um, initial insight that you saw in uh, holding those two things in your mind at the same time, because um, that that is a that's a big task to try to, like, tackle that question in your own mind. But for us to speak about it out loud, like, who the fuck are we to talk about a monster topic like that? But you took it on bravely there for what I what I enjoyed about it also is that, you know, you can ask that question. Right. But at the same time, recognize that um, there's change that's happening and there's nothing wrong with doing it that way. Um, I would also agree that uh, based upon your point for, you know, you use the you use the word ambition. I, I took a long <clears throat> like I took a I took a long timeline approach to to asking that question. I also questioned which I'm going to discuss. Uh, I questioned the. I think there's a lot of made up alarmism around a lack of enrollment for males in university. Um, I don't want to disregard the data, which is actually true, but I do have some thoughts on that. Uh, But I took a, I took a long, big, long approach of saying, you know, cause I go, I strip it down to like the meat sack monkey (laughs) concept and just say like, okay, if we're going to start with those deep innate intentions, right. And the reason why I do that is because I don't want, uh, religiosity or any deity influence or conversations on morality or something get in the way, strip it down 
and then say, what are those innate differences at the, let's just call it the monkey, you know, survival and reproduction level that are different. And, and that's where I start. So men had this innate capability to differentiate themselves from the other sex on those things of a, a, a much different regard and insight into reproduction and a much different regard and insight into survival. And we had particular, you know, ways of going about things. Now, regardless of morality here, ways of going about things that are still, quote unquote, inside of us, i.e., if you're not aware, you know, males can have orgasms, you know, just just nonstop over and over. And, you know, I know I know they may not be going anywhere, but you get my point and I hope people can connect based upon that. It's a. Uh, the burden, quote unquote, of that sexual reproduction and the burden of of survival is just so so much the long march, right? Is just not there anymore. It's just, I mean, I, I'm looking around in society, and yeah, sure, I'm going back like a hundred million years, but you know, it's 2023, and it's man, I mean man as in the capital M man, not man as a representative of all people, but man and men in society today, those innate things, you know, it, uh, we just need to figure out how in the hell we're going to we're going to do it. You know, because <laughs> because that whole idea of a massive instinct 24 seven to reproduce and survive is not there anymore. And I think we need to wake up um, and basically uh, figure out much better options. Um, so that, that's the way I approach the, you know, are men finished kind of concept. I took the long bridge and be like, well, it's it's even isn't it ironic that we're able able to even ask that question today? You know, and the fact that we're asking the question, uh, I think, you know, we we should back up much further. What's your thoughts on that with regards to the, you know, is that your observations as well of these things you see inside of the male that today we try to come up with, we're trying to come up with like ways to create these intentions, you know? Um, I think it's um, in alignment with that is like, we're still trying to take the same systems and just like make this system even for people or insert new policies to make it more, fair for everyone when the systems aren't working anymore right to your point if these things are no longer a necessity right survival reproduction things like that are no longer in the forefront like something needs to shift mm -hmm. yep and that's where i that, that's i don't know if you see it as well that it also explains i think the uh the division the the needed division I, in my opinion in america and our project we need this division in terms of political views but it does explain that because even thinking about that you 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 would you know i know i know the conservative is not going to go back 100 million years but you could you could understand why they would they would want to latch on to those conservative principles right well let's just call them uh what thomas Sowell calls them the tragic vision concepts right so you know, that, et cetera. So, and, but then you understand the liberal utopian version of it is that, well, that's not society anymore. And that's not the culture we live in. So you need to have a balance of that progressive idea, i.e. man in society now, 
because we just got to deal with, got to be realistic, you know? And so that's, I'm just not sure if you saw that too, why it explains this like one side or the other uh, with regards to that, where people will just land in one camp because that's what they, that's what they think is right. But instead be like, well, it makes sense that both of you have your perspective because of that, right? Time is, time has moved on. The fact is culture and everything has changed, right? We created this culture and this is where we are. So how are we going to deal with it? I think is a fundamental uh, challenge that will continue in America, you know, nonstop. I'm not sure if you saw that as explaining some of those differences in opinions. Yeah. I also liked the, I'm not sure if you had any, uh, any additions to that. I, I liked how they uh, broke out uh, when systems are stressed and how males and females different in like, um, you know, substance abuse, um, uh, overdoses, incarceration, life expectancy, suicide levels, et cetera. And uh, ones I wrote down, you know, were, um, yeah, we're similar to that. That 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 to me is always. I'm not sure if you find that as well. Uh, I I I don't like the fact in this debate to use that as an anchor for some things moving forward. But did you also see it as? Do you see that as well? The differences between males and females in those things and um, leading to yeah, just just leading into uh, where we are. Any thoughts on that? You know, I wrote down autism as well occurs in a higher, you know, uh, male scenario. Um, um, eating disorders on the opposite end of the spectrum for females in higher percentages, right? Like, uh, what would, do you have any initial thoughts on looking at it through that lens to to say like, oh, interesting, you know, uh, this is what we have. Because John Don Van wrote down that in the notes, right? Like, you know, in this context of the debate, how, should we help them if that's, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you saw it that way. I didn't like that as an anchor to be like, oh, because like, yeah. males end up in that area, we should help them. It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe you can look at it a different way and ask the question, well, how did they, how did it get to that situation? Do you see it that that's, way? That's how I look at it. Is how yeah. did it get to that situation? Yeah. Because it's like, we all have different, when the systems are stressed, I think to that point, like women and men do have different coping mechanisms, right? Women are less likely to commit suicide. Doesn't mean they don't try, just they're less successful at it doesn't mean that we don't write self-mutilation, um, eating disorder, things like that. It's usually a more prolonged thing that a female will do as self-harm than actually just, if we look at statistics, than just like actually committing suicide, right? And so I didn't love that one so much because I'd say the same thing as like, we've had to figure it out as women mm-hmm. over time, right? Like, <laughs> so yeah. I don't think that like the solution again is like, oh, like, I, I would look at how did we get here versus like, what do we need to ex- do to support men specifically because we're seeing these things now? Yeah. 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 I saw. Um, yeah. So uh, I didn't, I hope I didn't, you know, hope I, I didn't set that up to kind of be like, Hey, I hope you saw it the same way I saw it. Um, but uh, yeah, I couldn't, I don't know. I just couldn't attach to that. Maybe it's just my bias of, not enjoying the therapeutic paradigm, right? Like, look, that's broken. Uh, this is we how we should fix it. I always know there's something gross inside of that. So that's why, uh, in my opinion, I didn't like the 
You know, I like dealing with the uncomfortableness of discovering, for example, around those things of male and female differences, but I didn't, I don't like using it as a, and therefore this is what we need to do with yeah. regards to policy or civility or things like that. Um, I think you're agreeing with me um, that for, from our perspective, I think you need to go back and say, well, how did it get to that point? You know, and then, and then come up with of ways of, uh, of organized things. Yeah. 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 Um, how about the education, uh, as a nothing burger, uh, thing? I, um, I don't know. I got, what's your thoughts on that with the enrollment stuff, or maybe you can give some insight into your, um, cause I think you've been more recently out of that system than I was, <laughs> but I don't know any thoughts on that for the enrollment differences and, um, you know, uh, females in college and outnumbers, any, anything, anything to touch on that before? Um, you know, I always feel like there's two folds on, on that too, right. Is, you know, today women still make less than men. So it's no longer really a choice. Yeah, not for the same jobs though. No, but I'd say like, look at this, right. So it's like, it's really no longer, well, I, I think there's two pieces to this. We're in a place now where continue going to a four-year college after high school depending on where you live in like socioeconomics is like, it's a given, right? For, for a majority of people today, it's like you finish high school and you go to college, whether it's community college, a state college, whatever it be, you go to continuing education. So I'm not surprised that we've seen an increase in women going to four-year universities after high school. Like that, that would be my first one on that part of it. Um, yeah. I think the interesting one was, when we were looking at um, those who study abroad and who go to graduate school in comparison, where women are more likely to do those things and how women typically are more forward thinkers as far as for planning and projecting, right? If I want to be able to have these things in my future, I need X, Y, and Z, or just things like that, where men typically aren't those aren't the same way there. Yeah, that is a, that is a an interesting point. That data would be fascinating to look into with regards to um, not only the male-female differences in that, what do you want to call it, supra levels of education, right? Like beyond a four-year uh, four college degree. Do you know any specific numbers on that? I don't. Okay. Anyways, that I, I because I, I do agree with your, your point on that. Um, It'd be interesting to see uh, the variances in that for what comes in a, you know, I, I keep thinking about, um, uh, I guess, along the lines of the same point that, you know, vocation, um, we're in this, we're in this, again, a, a long term change of vocation largely being focused on males, um, so I mean long, meaning like, okay, go back 500 years long or, or, uh, 250 years long, 1776 till 2026, you know, kind of idea long. And I would, uh, so I guess I, it would be in agreement with your first point of, uh, or second point of this variance between the importance of vocation and everyone being like, okay, I guess you got to go to college in order to have a job. And so now with the, the, uh, let's call it higher uh, equality in accessibility of those steps and over time a long period of time uh females having a better opportunity at that it should make sense that we're still 
you know, we're still creeping towards a, let's call it a higher percentage is what is 60, 40 or 51, 49. I, you know, my opinion, I really don't care, but it is, it's changing. Right. Um, but I still think that, um, so I'm agreeing with those points. I still think that it's a, and I just called it a nothing burger because I think in agreement with your point that it should just make sense that that is going to occur. Um, but I think it's, it's, I think we're not asking the question because even in that, even in that debate, it was proposed as in, oh, we should really like figure this shit out because females have higher enrollment in universities. And I think you're approaching it again the wrong way. Instead, you should say, why, why would, you know, take this idea if it's possible as a question, why would males not want to keep going to university? Um, you know, and you can't use the, you know, deaths of despair or suicide rates or anything, you know, incarceration, anything else. You can't use those as a, as a, oh, that, that's the only other option as to why they're not going. Um, I think, I think we need to come up with something more there. Cause I see, I see growth in, even in Arizona, um, educational choice for grade 11 and 12 vocational schools or vocational education. Um, I see an increased number in percentages of males attending trade schools and small college, two-year small college trades, right? So, and remember, those two points are not inside the data of college enrollment, yeah. right? So if you see this, you know, and if, you, and if you, I guess if you also, to make it seem like, oh, it's it's all falling apart, go to any elite engineering school and you're still getting 90% of the audience are males in the country, so you see my point, it's based upon the vocation and what's required for that vocation and this change in terms of those things happening at once. Would you see it as that way as well? I mean, I look at like, you know, what usually typically requires higher education. If we look at like anything within um, the medical system, if you're going to be a nurse or you're going into be a tech or anything like that, it usually requires a four-year degree and then, right? So it's usually like that's a prereq to be able to get into those things. If you want to teach beyond, you know, an elementary school level, what are you doing for education? So for most of the still occupations that typically are females in, in the United States today, uh, a lot of those now require you to have a four-year degree. So are you, were you mentioning that because of the first point you made earlier of the, uh, the economical allowances that are there for most people today? Like, you know, uh, as you said, it's an expectation that you go to four-year college. And as I said, there are, I mean allowances by saying um, it's the same for both sexes, but, um, you know, the society incentivizes, you know, through loans, right? I, I think it's preying on people, but there there is there is accessibility to loans so that people can access that. Was that the point you were making on it being a four-year college Yes. Kind of given. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just don't know if, um, anyways, I just wanted to make that point. So thanks for listening. I, uh, I want to make that point. That one, they, they did talk about that too, right? When we look at then who holds the most amount of student debt in the United States today, it's women. So that they do have the statistics on that one in there as well, but women hold more, um, more student debt than men mm. because of the high, right. Of the, what we're seeing there. Um, so there's still like, you know, we say like, are men dead? There's still some huge like discrepancies here and in, in accessibility and the yeah. difference between men and women today. So there should be, um, 
that that should well for the for the economic thing that does make sense because if you have an absolute higher number of females exiting than males exiting university then it should make sense you have an absolute higher number of debt for females than you do for for okay. uh, the males that should make sense um just so we don't get you know yeah. jammed up in be like oh they're just you know preying on females to like pay more at the end, no, it just makes sense that if there's more college enrollment and graduation rates of females over males, well, then on the back end, um, see, that's why I'd like to see the stats where I got to figure out uh, what we I called it supra education, but like master's yeah. or graduate programs, right? And the percentage differences there, that would be fascinating, I think, um, because that does tie into the to the social question of, of how that fits in. Um uh, what's your thoughts on the, um, the, the, let's call it the 57,000 foot view of, I questioned the word finished and I just wrote down, it's such a general term, um, that maybe we should look at a concept of, and this is where we tie into, of course, always standing on a soapbox talking about how important fitness is, but, um, I really think that there's a, you know, I really think generally the consensus among younger males and the male let's call it the male uh intelligentsia today let's call it kind male kind intelligentsia today that's my only that's my only uh uh option for um you know masculinity um it's not a lot to look forward to um you know the um and i hope you're picking up what i'm throwing down with regards to the fitness as being a conduit for that like uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't see, you know, I don't see this like deep intention of the of the young male to look in the future. Um, I I just don't see them being super excited around seeing their father or other adults uh, punching keyboards or playing video games. I don't see a like a grandiose excitement around that. And in, just in case others see it differently, well, if you know, if you do think that they're inspired by that, I think they're inspired by different things, like economic inspiring, or um, I'm going to be seen as someone who's valuable, inspiring, or I'm going to be competing with others as inspiring. But my whole point, meaning that I think we're, we're I think in my opinion, it, it looks pessimistic and bleak for the future because we haven't implanted this importance for physical things. And that brings that, you know, I don't want to just end it there as a, as a lull, lull, but. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, that is definitely true today. There are many more aspirational figures for young girls growing up to look at, to be inspired, to become more like their moms or to other women. We, that has definitely been, um, an intentional push for this generation. And I think it was a good one, but that's where I think two things can exist at the same time. Yeah. While that was happening for young girls growing up, there yeah. wasn't a similar um, role model or just inspiration being put in front of men to aspire to be like, as they grow up, those can coexist. Yeah. And as women be doing that for our daughters and creating this mm -hmm. new vision for them of like, you can do anything. We can go to school. You can go into these occupations that maybe you didn't think you could. 
that can happen without there being a similar thing going on for men or mm-hmm. young boys growing up. Yeah. Um, I'm hesitant to do a comparison between sexes on that for the intentions of that younger person. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I can't, uh, cause I, I wrote down like, you know, finished quote unquote, and I put down a bunch of question marks afterwards. It's like, I don't know. Um, I kind of, I kind of, uh, yeah, I'm, it, it, you know, I was kind of stuck. There's no, there's no inspiration for physical vocations. I mean, let's just take an idea of what ends up happening with this definition of success, right? Cause people would say during the pre 2008, uh, wall street, you know, economic debacle, um, you know, to, uh, quote unquote, be a man, wear a suit, go into finance, you know, do that shit. Uh, there was a lot of like testosterone and vigor and competition inside of that. <laughs> how, how good was that for us? You know, where did that lead us? Right. That led to uh, turmoil in our economy. Right now, I'm not just, you know, uh, going to say point the finger at males on that. But you go and look at <laughs> who was who was in the uh, who ended up being in the seat of like uh the the main issues around the ideas and the deep ugly competition that was inside who came up with that it was that masculine movement inside of finance and competition right let's just call it what it is right <laughs> um now was that a was that a male thing i think it's a maybe a conversation for another time or was it a masculine thing okay well if you agree with that second point then it ended up as males being in the seats of those assholes that did that to the economy. If you're not connecting with me here, what happens, what happens is that you see when, when you, when society comes up with like, Oh, you, you need to grow up as a, as a man and get into finance and sit around, you know, talking, uh, coming up with these ideas to who can make more money. That's a life son. You know, that's competition. Really? Do you really think that's going to end up being a great proposition for the entirety? And the reason why I just pick finance, look at the brain drain out of out of all the high-end colleges. Where do they send all their smartest people? Into finance, right? No, not to a physics conference, <laughs> you know, coming up with like, how do we deal with energy better in the world? Or how do we come up with anti-nuclear strategies or whatever no 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 it's it, they they move towards finance sorry that's my that was my tangent hot hot topic but hot button topic i guess you could say on that but i i i see a a loss for the physical opportunity right mm-hmm. it's not recommended for for that quote-unquote male to look forward and say it's not even and that's why i called it bleak there's not even possibilities looking forward, right? It's basically just computers and automation, right? So how how that doesn't look inspiring to me if I'm a if I'm a 13 year old, right? I think to your point, then that is where fitness has to somewhat come in, right? Because they're like you know you want your child to be financially successful, so again you're gonna push them towards careers like that that are going to bring them more money most people if we're, if we're talking about just like 
success being measured by being able to make enough money to buy the nice house, to have mm. all things, to have family. We're not going to say like, go be a mechanic when, you know, we don't know what the car industry looks like, or, you know, go do, or go be a firefighter or go be a police officer in today's world. Like, you know, um, that's, that's not the narrative that's being pushed out to kids these days. Um, so then where does fitness come in? It's like, then we, again, we create these places where inside a gym, someone can express fitness because there's no real reason or place to do it outside of there. Mm-hmm. You know, I have this conversation more and more with our young kids. It's like, well, typically you wouldn't have to come in here. You'd go outside and you'd mow your lawn and you'd go chop wood for your fireplace or you'd go do activities with your dad, but we live in a condo, so you don't need to do those things. So we're coming in here to kind of self create, to create these things because we don't have a place to do them outside of here. Mm-hmm. That's why you're in our gym. And just being yeah. clear, you know, with my 17 year old, I'm like, why, why we're going to do some pushing and some pulling in here is because you don't have a lawnmower. <laughs> so we're going to do it in here. Yeah. And we joke about it, but it's like, you're still going to get the same exertion and we're going to do these things because they make us feel good and, you know, are good for our overall health. But that's why I have you come inside of our gym. Yeah. And you could also see inside of your point there why so many people um, for generations now have used sport as a as a as as a, uh, you know, a template for uh, for young men. Right. And they keep saying, oh, if he I don't know what he'd be up to if he didn't play sport or, you know, it comes across softly. Right. They're like, well, it just keeps them out of trouble. Right. And to my point, just to add to that again, as I've been on that horse for five or six years now, that doesn't end well either. So just as long as you recognize that, sure, you may get someone who graduates as a male in grade 12 and go on to college, um, and they kind of, you know, placated this thing there of physical, aggressive, and violence as sport, right? That doesn't end up well long-term. It's a conversation for another time, but I'm just making my point that it does make sense why sport raises its hand and goes, hey, we got something for young men to do to like let let off, let's just say let off steam (laughs) to short order, right? To be physically aggressive, to be violent, to kind of, you know, get those innate tendencies out on a daily fashion, you know? So I kind of get it. I would more like a future where um, it becomes well accepted, quote unquote, for that young kid who lives in a condo to recognize that they want to go lift weights or punch a bag uh, because they're capable of doing it. And because we're in a uh, utopian society uh, and we just got to deal with it. That's reality, right? To your point, again, we don't, as much as you you may want to say it, we do not have to chop wood anymore. So stop it with the wood chopper exercise names, right? You're not even you're, you're not even connecting to that young <laughs> kid, right? Because he's like, well, wood chopping. Well, son, that's what we used to do. So now we need to like, <laughs> do it as a woman today. It's like, I don't know. Um, and you know why you're laughing because we used to sell that sucker as a movement, right? Wood chopping. What the hell? Um, you know, so I, 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 uh, Anyways, I just feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm like screaming out and I want, I just want Melissa for you to so bad to be, to see things as bleak as I do. Um, but uh, that's, but that, but that's why this is great because it always gives me hope to, for you to recognize that 
uh, for you to see that, that that's like you're trying to teach these people in place like tomorrow. Like that's the things you're talking about, right? And uh, how we end up with that. So let's take a big question on that. Um, how do we quote unquote, you know, because the, the podcast said, are men finished and should we help them? You know, I, this is a softball, but uh, how do we how do we help them? No, honestly, you got to take it on. You got to you got to get mastery in that answer. Although we're both uh, probably probably know what the answer is. How do we help them? Yeah, how do we help fitness. them? Fitness. You yeah, need a like, fitness helmet. Yeah. Keep going though. Keep going. No, what they, does that look they like? Talk, they talk about the Tate and all these these guys are like boys today that feel like the world owes them something or things like that. It's like they have no physical outlet, right? Like fitness needs, we see what happens to society when there is no, when fitness is no longer happening or unhealthy, people are moving, people need fitness. So I, I hate to say like, to be on soapbox that that's the answer for everything, but I always say, how did we get here? How did we get to this place? Yeah, well, it's the, uh, it's the, I'll just blame it on the internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, it's a lot of things. Uh, progression, internet, information, technology, backing up to the industrial age, automation of things, the agricultural revolution. I mean, you keep backing up, but that's what I like to call just the, the, the current culture. The current culture is, is what we blame but that's my point. Okay, well, let's stop with our complaining and blaming. Get on with whatever <laughs> you're going to recognize that. But I just, I just don't think that. I think, I think my point is on that is I think it's only going on between you and I, or it's only going on between you and that one young man, or with with that college male grad, or with that uh, father, right, or with that partner. Like I think it's only going on between you and those people. And again, it comes back to that thing. I just think it's not enough to like topple over enough because we forget that all those four people I just gave to you, males that you spoke to, when they leave your meeting, they will not get any of that information again, right? It's 27 other stories, yeah. right? It's 27 other things, right? Oh, you're supposed to do this because it's a sport. Oh, you're supposed to do this because you got to be, you got to be strong and big and buff in order to get a partner. Like this is the these are the, the the incorrect intentions inside of those physical things that we want to promote for individuals. Right. Um, so yeah, it doesn't, I just, I just see we've, we were just, we're just straining so hard and maybe here's one point, maybe, maybe we're at the end of it to your point, right. Of like the performance paradigm that toppled over where your avatar example, yeah. bunch of males were like, listen, this kicks the shit out of me. I'm not down for that. Maybe collectively, we're at this like hundred year awakening of recognizing that we do need to come up with this like new strategy to go forward, right? This acceptance that the concept of physical aggression and violence for males has to be like willfully inputted into society, willfully input into society, right? And then we can't, we can't complain when we, well, we, I guess we can complain, but we can't complain when uh, riots happen, you know, uh, riots of 120 days in the summer of 2020 or, or shit that happens on, on the Capitol steps, right? 
you, you can't be like, well, I don't know how the fuck we got to that point. What do you mean you don't know how you got to that point, right? You have a number of people who are not physical anymore, right? So what are they what are they doing with their time, right? They're punching keys and playing video games, right? There's a problem with that. What are the outcomes of that, right? You're just sitting down talking or you're sitting down punching keys, right? And that will not lead to a large awakening, like a large realization of physicality. Because again, back to our point, I mean, I hate sounding like this, but I think physicality is the answer. I think it is. I think it will topple. So made my blind point there. Maybe we're at the end of this real long, to your point, uh, like performance paradigm aha moment, where it's like, you know what? That shit's not going to work anymore, Um, right? And as uncomfortable it is to listen to Andrew Tate say something like that, I think there needs to be small percentages to say, why is that? Like, why are there so many people listening to that? My point is, it should make sense. Look around at society, right? We're trying to offer these sometimes shitty versions, offer these opportunities for that male physical thing. And I don't think just being an asshole on on Twitter or Instagram saying, just work out and it'll fix it. I don't think that's enough. What do you think? Agreed. I mean, that's, that's exactly, you know, I mean, that is my hope is like, you know, um, sometimes we have to reach places like this for something to shift and change. And I think we're just coming to on both extremes, realizing that something needs to shift here. You know, it's easy yeah. again to get in our echo chambers and, and be so anti the other side of things, but I think both both ends of the spectrums are seeing here that like something needs to change. Mm-hmm. Would you take a stab? Um, I, I take stabs at this all the time, right? If I was in control of the uh, globe, I was the aristocrat, you know, of, uh, of the entire thing. Um, mm-hmm. Just think about what would happen if you changed up uh, money making. You know, just think about that. Uh, take a second to say what happens if, you know, as uncomfortable it is, is to think about, and these theoretical thought experiments are always fun just for your own brain. But I, and sometimes I shouldn't actually talk them out of my brain, but <laughs> I'm going to say it. Just think of, think of all the pressures that are inside of money-making and what that leads to males and females to operate in society on. Right. So just imagine this world, right? Imagine this world where, you know, you still become, you be, you become learned, right? By the time you're 21 or 22, but you're not setting up your entire life to, to pay bills of a property, right? That costs a certain amount, right? Now I know how, you know, that, that's, that, that's crazy talk, but you know, why can't we spend a little time on just saying something like that? Now, if that leads everyone to say, oh, well, that's why we need to teach kids economics in grade five and six and seven. Okay, well, I mean, that that could be a, a little insight. But to see my point, you're still saying climbing the ladder and making more money is the ultimate thing. Because just imagine if we did have that, I'll just give you a couple of points, right? No more stresses around child rearing or child making issues, right? No more stresses around you know, physical vitality against like working 60 hours a week, 
Yeah. Uh, I can go on with the list, but it, it, you're, everyone is doing all those things, right? Why? You know, and, and today, as I've spoken about so often, it's going to be very difficult for that young male and female to enter into society today and to not see their entire 50 year life in front of them as how in the fuck do I make enough money to actually do what I want to do? Right? How do I do that? And instead, we're just going to argue on, well, I think we should have more kids, right? Be careful before you make statements like that relative to what society proposes as options for these young people. You yeah. See what I'm saying? Sure, there's 1% that could move through the entire thing easily, but we we got to be we got to be cautious of that. So, do you have you ever had any of those thought, you know, things or is there are you seeing anything in that future crazy possibility that I'm missing? <laughs> Wouldn't that make things so much easier, Melissa? That's basically what I'm saying. Like it would make things so much easier. It's like guess money what? grows on trees, you know? But it also comes back to the false reality of what we've created as a society to be um meaningful. Meaningful, right? As far as for you have to spend your whole life working to make money to have these things that you can't ever enjoy because you're working so much you don't ever enjoy them right we need the bigger house we need this the kids need to go to the better school the bigger school they need the better clothes because target pants aren't as good as getting them at lululemon right we need the better the more all the time and it's just like where is that getting us and so i think it it is a hard one because it's like yeah Guess what? It doesn't take a huge plot of land to be able to grow a couple of vegetables and like get to do it with your kids and have an activity to do that isn't sending them to, you know, a thousand dollar camp on the weekend. It's like an activity in your backyard, but that's not something to brag about to your friends. So yeah, and you yeah, you just hit on a really important point that it's just so important in perception of society today to par- to partake in those things. It's so difficult because it's a minority idea, right? Because I hear really intelligent people you know, just simply stopping at the point of, of the fix for a lot of things of being, well, just children need to get educated. Okay. We'll keep going with that story. That's my point is always keep going with that story. Oh, okay. James, I'll, I'll take your bait. Uh, they graduate with good scores in, in education in high school and they weren't an asshole and they didn't commit crimes. Okay. Now what's next? Do you see they, they can't keep, they can't keep going with that. They'll be like, Oh, you just go to university. Who pays for that? Who pays for that? Oh, well, there's all incentives. And and you see my point, they've already got them, right? So you can't, again, just say that point. And I hear a lot of intelligent people saying that. Oh, well, like education is going to be your route to like uh, finding a partner and then having a home, uh, getting married, then having children, picket fence. This is what the future looks like. Yeah, but that's not real. That's not real. Uh, So... I, uh, I, I love to see everyone go through all those things and to still, you know, hit, hit bags and like lift weights. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but I don't see, uh, anyways, I always like taking the stab out of my own brain, you know, as the, uh, as the king of the globe saying, just wipe away all that, all that money thing and things would be all right. And we'd actually probably progress to a unbelievable degree and use maybe 10% more of our brain in the next hundred years. But Hey. Um, I don't know. I love it. What's another stab at it? How about this one? Um, 
this this hits uh, and I'll, I promise we'll this be the last last uh, thought experiment crazy shit that comes out of James brain as a, as a concept of this are men finished and should we help them well then if you the way that you topple all those cards is uh, in our world let's say let's say we take a, take away uh, the concept of fitness instruction as a coaching vocation in the future mm-hmm. you know um, what happens with you know, the idea that I proposed, again, crazily thought experiment of every child from tomorrow onward learns by the time they're graduating uh, college or sorry, uh, high school, that they never have to get instruction on what to eat or how to move for the rest of their life. So propose that idea, you know, what's your thoughts initially on that? Have you changed the, uh, you know, because initially when I started speaking to people about this years ago, it was like, whoa, 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 fella, whoa on the horses there. But uh, have you have you kind of like leaned into that idea of the discomfort of that of the future and what that would do to this whole idea of, you know, quote unquote, you know, what happens if, to my point being, what happens if you get millions and millions of men graduating from uh, high school in the future that know how to eat and know how to move for the rest of their life, what would happen then? That would be a success. <laughs> I would love for my life, not for my job, not to exist. <laughs> I would get to do so many other oh, So you're getting closer. <laughs> but I feel like that's really far away. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. but, you know, to that it's point, not that we don't enjoy the, the struggle yeah. of getting there, right? <laughs> I, I totally enjoy the struggle of getting there. But it always goes back to we're in a place in time where we can't agree what's appropriate for a teacher to teach our kid and what isn't. So, you know, until we can come to some better under, um, clarity or disagreement on what our kids go to school and that not be a continual daily news debate on what's appropriate to teach a child, we don't want teachers to teach our kids how to eat food because that's something they should learn at a home, right? Who who wants Who's going to say it's okay for them hey. to learn what's appropriate to do in movement now? Yeah, hey, you're hitting on a good point there. Uh, that we're extract, we're at, we're basically opening up this question of how to help, right? That's where we went into that crazy land scenario for ten minutes there. But also, you just hit on a good point to think about education still being important. But why don't we, with all your arguments on what books should and should not be inside, inside that same argument should be the Melissa and James. Uh, exercise program and eating program do you know what i mean why why isn't that as an application inside of this do you feel that a kid that doesn't have like physical challenges and eating good food will make better decisions over time will be a better critical thinker right will have dare i say better emotional strength and health uh you know, because what's inside of this Melissa and James program for young people, right, for inside of education is also allowing them to recognize these biological acceptances and differences. Ah, so now we're so now that child is now looking like, why are you guys arguing over me reading or not reading this book? Listen, I'm my brain is big enough <laughs> to make decisions at this point in my life, right? And then there's some argument inside of that as to like when your brain is and when it's generally not, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I like your point there that the problem, this is what I'm saying, but it's not your words. The problem with the argument is that you're not 
you're you're forgetting that it's on a base support of kids not being active and not eating good food. Yeah. So now you're going to get into a world of issues if that's not being used as the base support of your your <laughs> media vitriol arguments, political arguments, you know? That very good very good point makes me think a little bit on uh on something that we have, you know, cuz I believe Melissa we have that like knowledge in our pockets, right? Where you and I actually are important in that conversation where we can say, listen, we can, ha- you and I can both have our views on that, right? But where is the physical vitality and nourishment concept inside of this for these people? It's not. Um, to keep going on that one, which I really appreciate that point, to keep going on with that, if we were in that situation, I'm not the, I don't think it would be well accepted. <laughs> I, don't no. I don't think so. Right. To like, uh, come up with like connections of local farmers to, to, uh, you know, these schools that, that, uh, need some help, you know, um, back to my, again, another, another one thing that I would get people were like, Oh, what do you think is going to create change? I think like, you know, giving kids, um, you know, uh, quality of real food at school uh breakfast and lunch i mean i think it'll change i think it would change an entire uh country um, and an entire generation if we did something like that but you know that's another it's another shot in the dark that's where i bash my head against the wall every single time like what do you eat throughout the day oh i have a kind bar and i have chips and i'm like why well because that's all they have at school okay we eat shit all day because that's the only thing that's available to us and yep. in the bay area you know private high school system yeah chips and kind bars and yep. plain meals but you know uh and then we wonder why we can't focus in class yeah well uh that was a. Uh... Well, we took a shot at least just to back end this and to summarize it. Um, we took a shot at uh, the answer to, oh, actually, we didn't say, or are we in agreement with that, that we should help men, but it's just, it's helping them by, let's going back and saying how we got here. Is that how we're saying we should help them? Yes. How we get to this position? Okay. Uh, so we did take a stab at that. Um, and the initial question um, are men finished? Um, I'm not sure what your answer is to that. I, I say no, men are not finished. I think it's just a generalized thing to create good conversation, right? Good debate and good, you know, perspectives. Um, and one thing I want to add to that, just because you spoke about it, and I won't, uh, you know, just because Andrew Tate was mentioned, what you're going to get into in that stressed situation if you're agreeing with that point that men are finished, you're going to get end up with thousands of people like that. This is regardless of what your perspective is, right? This is regardless of what you feel, right? Or judgment, right? But you're, you're going to get that because when it gets stressed deeper and harder enough, and I guess the point I'm making is that it is important to ask the question, are men finished? But just be careful with you jumping into... Uh, the vitriol around, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Look at all these signs that are pointing at uh, men being done. I'm not sure that's going to end up well, right? I'm not sure it's going to end up well. I think there needs to be um, a little bit more of an intelligent, kinder approach of the like, 
hey, hey, there could be a problem. We may have some, <laughs> you know, to my point, we may have some solutions over here, right? And in my opinion, I'll land on it. I think it's going to somehow come with a, a physical renaissance and a physical revolution and a, and a cognitive physical revolution of the importance of physical activity. Um, I think that's the only answer to it. Yeah. And I think uh, the beauty of this one and the podcast is we're so quick today to read one piece of research or one piece of data and make really sharp decisions or like conclusions without scoping out. And I think that really ties back into what we do on this podcast because we do it every day within nutrition, within what we think is appropriate for people is one new piece of information comes out and we let that be our doctrine versus asking the bigger questions of how did we get here? Mm -hmm. And typically that takes us scoping back out and looking either for, like forward or backwards into the big picture versus letting that one piece of research dictate everything we believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, we probably could have, I guess we'll do it another time in a different lane, but uh, cause Richard uh, did a good job of that, of saying, you know, you really should question what's going to be proposed to the particular data. Cause you remember in the podcast, they were actually agreeing on a specific point of like, well, I think we need to, understand what the data would say and he would be you know heavy you know into that um yeah because i think maybe we'll do it for another podcast but the more recent um data if you were to look at data on people's perceptions of community and religion um, and society they they don't it doesn't look too good but again if you were to only take that and be like see see it doesn't look good and therefore be reactionary and like do something drastic. That's the point I'm making is that it, that won't end well either. Right. <laughs> Instead, we all have to like look around and go now. I know that was from the wall street journal and this big, you know, study, but is it true? Right. Is it true? Dig a little deeper into it. And don't forget to ask the question, which is what we're saying for today. Right. Uh, how do we get to that point? Right. How did we get to that point? Um, and then you may be able to back up and go, oh, it makes sense, right? It, it makes sense that you're going to have a lot of physical violence and incarcerations and suicides and et cetera that are going to end up being meals. Okay, so um, are we all going to agree upon how it came to that point? No, we're not. Then I don't want to be in the room <laughs> to have a conversation with how to fix that because I, I can guarantee you're going to approach it uh, the wrong way. But if you come in with punching gloves and it's not to punch me, but it's like for us to hit bags and like then take off the gloves and lift weights. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down for conversation. So I think that's a segue into maybe uh, uh, a future episode on. We touched this briefly, Melissa, but this is the setup, maybe a future episode. What's your thoughts on the physical, you know, because when I say punching bag and lifting weights, mm -hmm. males and females see that differently you see what i'm saying remember we talked about like the the uh accessibility and options for females for physical expression and yeah. what that looks like are you are you seeing what i'm throwing out there what's your thoughts on getting into that in the future maybe yeah because we we have primarily focused a lot on like female in all these little ones of that um but i think it would be good for us to start digging into the opposite side here. Okay. Super. Well, that's good. I'll take that as a note as a future one. And then I can, uh, 
cherry pick some uncomfortable evidence <laughs> to make us make our brains grow to think otherwise for the future. All right. Um, I appreciate that. Appreciate your time, Melissa, of us uh, going through that. Also taking on, um, uh, you know, that topic of, uh, as I like to say, that's a, that's a big burden to try to at least, you know, answer that question. Are men finished and should we help them? Um, but I appreciate, uh, you know, looking at it from the lens that you did in a number of different ways. I took down some notes on seeing it, you know, slightly differently. And, uh, it gives me, it gives me hope for the, not only our future pieces of this in the fitness and relations concept that we do, but also, um, I think just keep the conversation going of that idea of like, uh, for today, uh, a man and the future and where does physicality and intentions and meaning come in. So I appreciate the ongoing, uh, partnership in that conversation. Okay, Melissa gave a thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> Good. We're audio. <laughs> I think you may have to take your Maybe picture off. Sound thing. I'm going like, to like, knock your picture down in the outro <laughs> over time. So you'll be like, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. I need you to say something so people hear it. <laughs> oh. uh, thanks, Melissa. Bye, guys.